0: This is Brad Milky of ABC News Start Here podcast with your sports update. Down one star, the Golden State Warriors keep winning thanks to the rejuvenation of another. We'll explain, coming out. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, <laughs> Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, The only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? HT Smartcast.
1: You are listening to an HD Smartcast original. Hi, I'm Raghya Gulati, and I lead marketing at HD Smartcast. Welcome to this exclusive series HD Smartcast Leadership Lessons. I'm going to be talking to leaders across industries, discussing their journeys, their aspirations, their challenges, and how they overcame them. This is an HT Smartcast original from HT Smartcast, which is India's fastest-growing podcast-producing platform. So for this episode, I am truly humbled to welcome... Lieutenant General Dr. S.P. Kocher, who is a decorated military veteran who is retired as the Signal Officer-in-Chief, the head of the ICT wing of the Indian Army, where he was responsible for planning, executing and operating all telecom and IT networks of the Army. He is currently the Director General at Cellular Operators Association of India, prior to which he was the CEO of Telecom Sector Skill Council. Hello, sir, and welcome to Leadership Lessons. Thank you for joining. How are you doing?
2: Thank you, Pragya. How are you doing? I'm good, sir. Great to hear that.
1: Okay, sir. So you've uh, served for a long time in the Indian Army and then you've also worked in corporate now. So how do you think this transition and the background that you've had in the Indian Army uh, has helped you in learning, dealing with various people, various situations? Uh, Can you please throw some light on that?
2: Yeah, sure. So I spent about 39 years in the Indian Army and uh, the learning that I got from there Uh, Hold true even today, and that that is what keeps me going. Mm -hmm. Some of the important facets uh, which are there in an army are that it is a team and it is leadership. In the civil world, there is a team, but it is more of management. Leadership also plays a role, but management plays a greater role.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: All right. If you have to lead people in the defense forces and you have to lead them to death uh, willingly, then you have to be a good leader. and there has to be a cause for which they go. So that is what uh, drives the Indian Army, uh, which may not be quite true for corporates. Uh, The major difference uh, when you come out from the army, you come out with a lot of discipline and you come out with a lot of organization. Uh, Corporates also have their own type of discipline. Uh, and their own type of organization which is a little distinct from what we see in the defense forces and hence it takes a little bit of time to adjust and initially you feel that uh, you've been let loose uh, in a world which you are not accustomed to. Uh, I think uh, now when I look back, the main reason for that is that the uh, main driving force in corporates is uh, uh, profits, is, is money at the end of the day, whereas in the military that Uh, that does not cross our mind when we are there in the military profit is the least of our thought Uh, yes we have to definitely uh, bear in mind the economics but we don't have to look at profits we have to look at efficiencies we have to look at outputs so that is the basic basic difference uh, when we come out Uh, the second difference is uh, flexibility of mind and flexibility of uh, roles Uh, In the army, you have very, very well defined roles, very well defined organizations. That may not be quite true in uh, corporates. Uh, So you have to get used to that also. That uh, flexibility is the key here of a different kind. There are no set uh, organizations to speak of, equivalent to the defense forces. So you have to get used to that also, and. you have to be on your own. You have to take your own decisions on the spur of the moment. Uh, so these are some of the differences uh, that uh, strike you in the face when you come out from the defense and join the corporate. Uh, right,
1: right. These
2: are the major ones, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, you also mentioned you you, know, you initially take time for someone to get accustomed to corporates and there were certain challenges, right? So what are the kind of challenges that leaders face today in corporates and how do they go about solving for them?
2: See, corporates definitely face challenges. First is uh, the first and foremost challenges about uh, meeting their uh, designated uh, targets, so to say. So their motive of working and the motive of driving them is uh, short-term profits and short-term targets. So that is one challenge that is there and they're always under pressure for that. The second is how to motivate a team. Unlike in the military where you are wedded to each other for life, you stay and die together. In the corporate, uh, that type of loyalty is really not there. So you, when you are in a corporate, you are working for the tenure, you are there in that particular office. And then once you move out from that company and go into the next company, your loyalty shifts. with you. Doesn't happen in the yeah, yeah. So there, right. it, it is a personal loyalty. So that, that is something that we miss. So, the challenges are how to manage this team, how to lead them and uh, get the results that you desire. And you have to work in the atmosphere that I've just outlined, uh, which is quite different from what we see in the military.
1: Right, right. So, so, uh... You mentioned about targets, you know, corporates chasing targets. And that's true for all industries, including the telecom industry. The telecom industry of late uh, has been in news, uh, whether it's uh, Vodafone or Airtel, uh, various cases uh, going on. So, uh, how do you see the future of this industry, considering it has really uh, gone through so many ups and downs?
2: So, Pragya, telecom industry is now a mature industry. It has been there for 25 years and only recently we celebrated 25 years of mobility. So, which shows that it, is, it has arrived and it is a mature industry. It has actually delivered what it set out to deliver, mm-hmm. despite all the odds. So, if you ask me one sentence, it will continue delivering. Yes, there are challenges. We are the lowest priced in the world today. For example, uh, the data services that India provides uh, is the lowest in the world. You can't get uh, lower than what we are getting here at 5% .5 per MB. So, that is something uh, that uh, drives down our profits. The second thing is, India is a huge country. And it's not only urban, it is also rural. And therefore, the amount of subscriber base that you get in urban areas is not what you get in rural areas. And hence, if you are going into rural areas, the ROI may not be equivalent to what you do in Urban areas, right. Now mm-hmm. to spend that type of money, it is uh, it is essential from the point of view that citizens should be connected onto telecom networks. That has been proven in COVID. Without uh, telecom connectivity, there there is uh, really speaking no life that we can think of. Uh, but for from the corporate point of view, uh, if you have to get an ROI or even if you have to break even, there has to be some incentive in form of earnings. And that over the geographies that we work in are difficult to come by, especially because the levies and the taxes on the Indian telecom industry are again one of the highest in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. And that
2: yeah. uh, we don't see that uh, abating at all, although we've been in touch with the government saying that look at it uh, scientifically, so do away with what was there earlier and come down to what is there today and uh, don't carry both. What you were doing earlier and what you are doing today together. Mm -hmm. That is something that uh, we have been impressing uh, the government with.
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
2: But telecom industry is there to stay. It can't go away. It is a foundational sector as uh, you've seen in the last six months.
1: Right. Uh, It is like Mm
2: -hmm. water and electricity to people. So it is not going to go away. It -hmm. will remain. Only thing is if you have to give the type of services, the good services that the population demands at affordable prices then the government also has to step in and uh, look at telecom sector as a foundational sector. Mm
1: -hmm. Right, right. So, you also mentioned about, uh, you know, bridging the gap between the urban areas and rural areas where uh, companies get better ROI in urban areas as compared to rural areas. So, uh, a lot of talk about 5G and A lot of talk about digital, uh, actually, after Jio has come in. Uh, So how do you think uh, this digital revolution can help uh, bridge the gap between urban and rural India? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yes. See, there are two words we must keep in mind. One is digitizing and the other is digitalizing. So first we have to digitize, which means our networks have to go to every subscriber, every citizen of India. Once he's connected on digital networks, only then he can digitalize. Only then, all that Mm -hmm. the government of India says, only then, whatever the Honorable Prime Minister is saying will become a possibility. You have to first get them onto digital networks. You have to make them digitally literate. And then the services which will flow to them to make their life easier will happen. So the first aim is to get the networks reach each and every nook and corner of this country in a reasonable state of readiness. That is a task which is daunting. And the major obstacles to that are the fiberization, installation of towers and giving affordable hands to people. Now you're talking about 5G. 5G will see a huge spurt in usage of networks. It will see a huge spurt in generation of data. Why? Because 5G is not only about human-to-human communication. It is more of machine-to-machine communication. Mm -hmm. The first type of technology which is going to do machine-to-machine communication. And this machine-to-machine communication is going to increase the quality of life of our citizens. Because the productivity will increase and hence the profits will increase and hence the employability will increase. So, it is a cycle. And this cycle is being fueled by telecom. So, therefore, uh, the prosperity of the country will actually depend if all our citizens and if all our machines that can be connected are connected and they talk to each other and there are enough applications which can be used by the citizenry for the benefit. To do this will also be how people will use it, who are the people who will uh, run these networks. So, skilling becomes an important part. We'll have to look at areas which are emerging in 5G, where people will have to then forego the traditional roles which were there in uh, telecom and get into newer roles. So, skilling, -skilling, reskilling, upskilling, that will become extremely important. So, these are some of the vistas which we see emerging in 5G. Mm -hmm.
1: All right, all right. So, uh, when we talk of skilling, I think... uh, Two words which come very close to skilling are learning and development, right? And you've got a very rich academic experience. And uh, uh, I would like to know from you how do you see the role of uh, education, learning, development, skilling, reskilling, upskilling? H- how do you think these things play an important role in, in building uh, a self reliant India or the Atmanirbhar Bharat that we keep referring to these days? Yeah,
2: that's a very good question, Pagya. Now, if you look at skilling, I'll come to the first part of your question. I divide skills into three parts. Okay? First part is skills alone, which are artisan skills. I give you a machine and tell you how to use it, and you use it, and that is it. Those are your skills. That is the lowest rung of the skill. That is, I'm calling it as skills alone, standalone skills. Second is primarily skills with some academic content. But these are middle-level skills. Where... The academic content that you know, your knowledge, will help you tweak whatever skills you have to get uh, better productivity. So that is the second level of skills, right? This this would happen at uh, maybe at the college level, at junior college, senior college, that level. Then comes where the roles get reversed, where academics comes first and skills come second. Okay, so primary is the knowledge base, and the second one is uh, coupled with skills. Now, these are people who will develop a lot of uh, staff, a lot of uh, implements, a lot of equipment, a lot of solutions. So they are basically into the research side of skills. Now, if you are doing, if you are teaching people only how to do research, sitting in classrooms and sitting in labs, that research is not going to be of much use. But if you also teach them skills, as to how do they use their knowledge, what they required in labs and classrooms, and produce something which is useful and which enhances the productivity and the economic content of any application. That is the third level of skill. Obviously, this is a, this is a pyramid. We require artisan skills the maximum. We require mid-level skills, that is skills with, with knowledge at the mid-level. Uh, and then at the top level, we require quality research, uh, knowledge along with skills to use that knowledge. So this is how I look at the spectrum of skills. Right, now, right. if you s- transpose this into the economic uh, framework of of any country, then all of them collaborate together to actually enhance the productivity of that country, to enhance the applicability of knowledge to various sectors of that country and which in turn automatically improves employability and the living standard of the citizens.
1: Okay, sir. So my last question to you is uh, if you can uh, you know, share some stories, uh, some inspiring uh, experiences of yours from the Indian Army so that our listeners can also feel inspired uh, listening to those.
2: Yeah. More than stories, I would like to point out two things which are uh, existent even today in the army and mm-hmm. which i don't find okay. equivalence in the, in the civil field one is coexistence uh, in which i say that all religious denominations live together in the same barrack worship together eat together and prepare for battle and go to battle together wow. without thinking of what caste color creed the other the next person is
1: Right. their only
2: affiliation is only affiliation is to the regiment to which they belong to the pulton to which they belong and what drives them uh, to even accepting that they may be killed in battle and yet they will go on is a war cry of that cult is a desire to see that they don't bring shame to the name of that cult Now that is something i don't find in civil Mm-hmm. Right, it, J- Jawan. I'll give you now. I'll give you an example. We had gone on an exercise, uh, and uh, I was commanding a unit in a place called binagudi uh, in the mm-hmm. east. All right, mm-hmm. which, is, which is a very remote area, and we went to an even remoter area to do an exercise, uh, communication exercise, and all uh, about nine hundred of us uh, went onto the exercise, connected back to our main headquarters through a radio link. And uh, the responsibility of manning that radio link was uh, uh, shared between some operators on a shift basis. to cut a long story short there, there was an accident in a, a rail accident in an area near Binadi in which the army had to be called out okay and the nearest nearest place they could find a body of troops of that size was my regiment and so they got, the civil administration got in touch. Uh, with uh, the headquarters and they said that we want people and uh, the, our headquarters there tried, this was at 3 o'clock at night, they tried to get in touch with uh, mm-hmm. uh, the unit which was an exercise. Unfortunately it could not get through because there was no answer uh, from the other end of the radio which means in the camp area where uh, we were. Now obviously the operator had gone off to sleep and uh, the connection could not be made till about one hour later. So in that one hour, uh, relief could not be provided by our troops. This uh, became an issue. And uh, we did a postmortem. We found out uh, how this uh, happened and the operator had gone up to sleep. And can you believe it? Right, right. Mm-hmm. All All 900 or uh, 899 people mm-hmm. boycotted that person. That uh, he has brought uh, shame to the regiment by going off to sleep. Now I don't see that happening in this room. And can, and by the end of the day, he came into my office and saluted sheepishly and me, uh, said, "Give me punishment. why should I punish you?"
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He said, "Because uh, he didn't say because I went off to sleep. I mean, that can be that can happen with anyone." He said, "I brought shame uh, to the unit." And then hence, I need to be punished. Now, that shows the type of motivation which was there with that body of 900 people.
1: Right, right.
2: Mm-hmm. That cannot happen anywhere else. And that shows the type of uh, junior leaders we had. You know, so these, these are some of the examples that are rife in our lives and uh, we relish them talk about them whenever we meet and that is why when you see that uh, two military men meet they will only talk about their uh, what uh, what uh, experience they've had earlier
1: (laughs) yeah yeah.
2: not of the present yeah
1: (laughs) all right okay thank you so much sir for joining today it was a pleasure having you
2: thank you so much thank you pradya
1: So if you have any feedback or would like to feature in HT Smartcast Leadership Lessons, you can ping me at the rate Tragya Gulati on LinkedIn. You can also write to us at the rate HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast is present across social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. For more such podcasts, go to htsmartcast.com. Thank you. This was an
2: HT Smartcast Original.
0: HD Smart Brad Mielke of ABC News Start Here podcast with your sports update. Down one star, the Golden State Warriors keep winning thanks to the rejuvenation of another. We'll explain coming up. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor.
2: Hi, I'm Tia. The upstairs-downstairs neighbor dynamic is so special. We have our own language. Like when I scream at my mom on the phone, the people downstairs bang on the ceiling to show their support. The nighttime's the best time to rearrange furniture. I call it midnight feng shui.
0: And if I sleep through my alarm in the morning, they bang on my door to wake me